Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right, so welcome back to the Lifestyle Chase. I have brought a return guest. His name is Brandon Schultz. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, I mean, like the cool thing about bringing people back onto the show is uh, you get to kind of like fill in the gaps with what has happened since their last appearance. Um, I'm pretty sure last time we were on the show together, I haven't had the chance to actually check, but I would guess that it was somewhere around like 2020 or so. Um, uh, yeah, somewhere. Do you happen to recall? I can't, I can't remember exactly. I, I'm pretty sure we were either mid-pandemic or something mm-hmm. like midway through shutdowns or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but there was there was definitely a lot more COVID talk going around. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I remember distinctly that I grooved out my spot in the corner of my living room and <laughs> it is now upgraded over the years. Like this is just like my office space. So it's the same plain backdrop wall. Um, and it's kind of funny how I can recount to old episodes, kind of remember the scenery as I was recording them and remember everything that was going on. But, uh, your life has been filled with lots of meaningful changes and lots of cool stuff. So like, uh, let's bring it up to speed. Like, uh, tell me what's happened since we last chatted on the show, man. Yeah. Where do we even start with that? Um, I guess so. Like, I mean, I mean, my, I think my fiance was a big part of that whole that whole uh, podcast too. Right. So she was, she was brought up a couple of times and we're finally like in the home stretch of the wedding. Like obviously mm. I couldn't get married over the COVID thing, but literally in three weeks we'll be, uh, we'll be tying the knot. I'll be, uh, I'll be officially, uh, you know, married and uh, starting that new kind of chapter in my life. Um, what else? Got a house. We built a, we built a house together. We, we celebrated 10 years together as our, as our logic, just of being in a relationship. Yeah. So that's pretty wild. Um, I've started transitioning a lot more of my business to sort of the online base. And then I've started a new sort of position with a company called Prescript in educating other trainers and, and, and whatnot. So yeah, lots, lots has happened. Absolutely. And I mean, like I will add some, some light to the whole like filling in of events basically when I'm scrolling through my Instagram and I'm looking for like something wholesome, you've never let me down. Like it's, it's basically being able to see these major life moments that go beyond the, the fitness career where it's like, no, no, like this is, there's a display of commitment. There's a display of like financial discipline. There's a display of uh, personal growth and and progression through different uh, ventures and stuff. Like, uh, to turn the the time back to when we first chatted, we were at MKT, just kind of shooting the breeze and talking about each other's careers and stuff like that, and just getting to know each other and to see what's unfolded since then. Yeah. It's pretty damn cool. Um, the first thing I wanted to kind of unpack is like, let's talk about Prescript. What are you up to there these days? Yeah. So we, um, we st- I started there like um, a little while ago. 
but it was more just like in an online capacity, just like sort of hopping in. They do, they do weekly labs and whatnot. So, you know, basically hours where anyone who's taken the course can kind of come in or any one of their courses, they can kind of come in and, um, you know, ask questions, have discussion around training. And uh, it's a really good place to like learn because, you know, all the questions that these people are asking are like, you know, they're so, so profound and compared to like, you know, what you get a lot of, it's like we prescript really tries to solidify more of a critical thinking um, approach to training, right? Like they're not trying to sell you any, like any hard, hard and fast, like systems, I guess they teach a systems way of thinking. So sort of hearing from different perspectives on like what some certain principles could mean is so interesting and actually applying it to their own clients. That's the, that's, that's just an interesting part of the company, but yeah, I started with them officially in that, that capacity, just in terms of like sort of building out a course with them and sort of uh, joining in when I can to help, you know, teach or um, help some of the other instructors with their labs. Right now it's sort of evolved like my breathing course that's going to be coming out hopefully in the next couple months here. Um, in addition to that, like I've been taking on more of like the in-person education role. So I just got back from a trip from Toronto to, to, um, you know, teach and help sort of mentor some of the other people in the, in the community and some people that we have seen some people we haven't. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, going to Toronto after all the restrictions and stuff like that, like how did that feel emotionally to kind of get back to travel and to network with some people you may not have uh, been able to see in a while? It was awesome, actually. So the travel itself was just a weird thing. Like it felt like like being on a plane was just such a foreign concept because I haven't been able to do that in so long. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's funny because I was actually in Toronto right before the lockdown happened. So like March, I got back like March 12th or something like that. And it it was something like March 13th or 14th that we ended up shutting down. So I had just gotten back from a trip from Toronto to take a course. And then it's funny because the first plane that I take is to Toronto again, but it was, it was a, it was a different, different experience, just flying, you know, you got to wear the mask, you got to do all that stuff. People are a little bit more um, cautious, I guess. Right. And then the trip itself and like the people that you, you get to meet is such a cool thing. Cause they're all people that you sort of met over the pandemic online. Like, man, there's people from, you know, different States in the U S like different parts of Canada. Like there was a guy, I think he, I think he was in Mexico and he was there. Like it sort of, it sort of fosters this community of like all these different people just coming together and like doing what they love. I think that's, that's the coolest part about it. And it's like, whether you've, you know, whether you've heard some of the stuff that we teach or not, it's like, everyone's there to, to learn and, and sort of grow, whether you're instructing it or whether you're attending the course. Well, I mean, that's, that's a big piece of travel in general, just to like meet other people, meeting of the minds, breaking bread, getting to experience things, having these conversations that you wouldn't have in your familiar environment Um, with regards to that specific trip, were there any takeaways for you? Like maybe just uh, things that you wouldn't have ever thought of had you not gone on the trip? Um, Not necessarily that I like wouldn't have thought of necessary necessarily, but I think the biggest takeaway that I had was just like probably the, 
importance of surrounding yourself with people who are um, either like, you know, better or smarter than you or like have different perspectives and, you know, people that want to learn, but they can still teach you something. Right. Like I think having such a wide, vast group of people around you is such a, such an important thing. And I think that was something that was like lost and sort of forgotten after or during COVID like obviously, you know, keeping up with all of these people online and like being able to talk with them and, and whatnot is, is obviously valuable, but yeah, I think being able to actually be in person is such a, such a valuable thing. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, just from an emotional energy standpoint, just like when you are actually in the presence of a person, you get to take on so much more of what they have to offer as a human being. Yeah. which is really nice. Like we, sure. we can connect at a very deep level with our colleagues here on Instagram and online and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. when you can actually like give them a high five, give them a hug, go yeah. for a lift with them and they're right there and you know how tall they are. And you know, like we're not guessing anymore through a screen like that. That's a really cool experience. That's kind of one of my bucket list things. I mean, not bucket list, like in the next 12 <laughs> months, yeah, I'm going to travel specifically to see friends. Like it's, yeah. I don't even care if there's a conference happening. I'm just going yeah. um, because of that uh, part of the career and just mm-hmm. how rewarding it can be and how much it can, like we can leverage those experiences and those connections to grow both uh, personally and professionally. Yeah. And a lot of people take it for granted. Like they might think, Oh, well, I'll just, uh, I'll do this instead. Like whether it be uh spending money on their possessions or spending money on uh, or just spending time on something else, like finishing a season of game of Thrones instead of going to see a friend that's like a five hour plane ride away kind of thing. Like yeah. there's a lot of choices that we're faced with when we are uh, going through each year. Yeah. And I think it's to, to each their own in that regard, right? Like everyone's going to have some different aspect of their career that they want to focus on or like things that they want to do in their downtime. But like, yeah, for, for, I think a lot of us trainers, like they're the, the knowledge and information and connections that you can make. It's so vast that if you really want to, you know, go somewhere in this career, I think, I think it's really important to connect with other people. Cause again, it goes back to that whole thing I was saying before, where it's like, it's the, it's the different perspectives, right? It's so easy to come into the gym or, or like if you're an online trainer, just like be at home online, right? It's so easy to just come in and do the same thing that you're doing every single day, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think monotony is a beautiful thing. I think being, being able to, you know, get up and sort of have this routine and, and stick to it and do the same things every day and commit yourself to something like that. I think it's beautiful, but in terms of like, training, I think different perspectives and different ways to look at it just keeps you on your toes. And I think it's, it just makes you better. Mm. Even if there's things that, you know, like there's sometimes someone says just that one thing, right. And that's going to be something that sticks with you forever. And it might help a client that you have, right. Like it might, it might make, um, might make a difference in one of your client's lives just from, just from that one thing that someone said. Well, it's, it's absolutely true. Like, I couldn't agree more. And uh, even with regards to just uh, networking, like yeah. being open to the fact that uh, the strongest connections can come from the most unexpected spaces. Like even just like an hour prior to this interview, I was on Instagram and I was chatting with somebody who 
the the account that they're talking to me through is not like a personal account. It's an account for a charitable organization. Okay. So I'm talking to the person who runs the account and learning about them and learning about their story and like how they came to Canada. And I'm like, Oh, like there is so much potential to learn from people yeah. if you are just open to it. And like what I have found is a, that consistent approach has really paid off for me. And so then I encourage others to do the same. Like, it's just, you never know who you're going to meet and what they have to teach you. And it's like, if you have sort of like uh, the right frame of mind and the right attitude, like life can be pretty damn good. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So as you're setting yourself up for your, you're like, you got your, your house, um, what were the beginning stages? Like, how do you map that out? How do you like vision that out for yourself? Was uh, like just saving over time or was it, uh, did you really, like, I'm going to get this by this date or how did that go? Yeah. So we didn't really have any set goals and actually the whole house process itself was so just spontaneous. It was kind of crazy. So mm-hmm. overall, like the financial part of it was like my fiance and I, you know, obviously we spent some time in school. She just finished her, um, her master's of counseling psychology. So, and just got accepted into the college of Alberta psychologists. So she's like just now starting her career. She just got a job. And, um, so we knew that school was obviously going to be a big part of our lives. And we knew that moving out right away was like, not, not exactly feasible if we wanted to eventually, you know, buy, buy some property together, which was obviously the ultimate goal. Um, so it was just like, we just put money away sort of regularly and often, right. As often as we could, right. Um, while still, you know, trying to live our lives, like we didn't want to completely force everything, you know, just into that. We still wanted to be able to experience things, go on some trips here and there, but obviously school is expensive as well. So, and a big time suck. So yeah, we, we ended up just throughout the years, just sort of saving and putting some money away until we had a down payment. Right. Mm. And then when it came to the house itself, like we were actually, we were just like, you know what? We just want to move out. We're going to go rent. We were going to go look at this rental sort of um, apartment. We're going to go to look at, at an apartment. And then we ended up at one of these builders, right? And they're like, hey, we only have like a couple more lots here. Prices are going up like crazy. Interest rates are going up like crazy. Like it's kind of the best time to buy. And he was like, I'm not going to pressure you. I don't want to do that. But like now is kind of the time. So we ended up putting a lot hold down that day and like going home and, you know, talking to the parents, just making sure they're good with it. And then, yeah, like it was just such a last minute. We were going to go rent something and then we ended up buying something and building, which is one of the biggest stresses ever. Well, I mean, it's cool because as we unpack that, we can kind of realize that little habits over the course of many years can turn into something pretty big and little moments can turn around and like catch us off guard almost like most of my plans, whenever something really meaningful happened are the opposite of what happened. Like I'll, I'll set out to do something and the completely different outcome happens, but it's because of the consistent efforts that led up to that like turning point And I think for anybody listening, they could learn lessons through just like uh, just communication skills and like being aligned with the same goals, the same values and moving forward in the same way. And like understanding how to like support the other person through like the long game, like to go through 
an educational process that takes that long before you're in like work for your field, that takes a lot of patience. Oh yeah. Um, And I think a lot of people within like the fitness enthusiast space, as well as the fitness professional space can learn a lot about patience in career development and in just like uh, making that next big move. Like they'll see maybe some of the highlights of your career and be like, Oh man, I want that now. And it's like, well, what are you doing each day to build up to that? Like, what are you doing for that to be your outcome? Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think that's the, that's one thing that, that I don't think people quite realize too. Cause it's like the house thing, the prescript thing, like the career thing, like none of that really like happened out of crazy planning really. Like we, we didn't, we never intended to buy a house last year or we never intended to like, I never really thought that I'd be teaching this early in my career. Like, I never thought any of this would happen. It all came from just those sort of small moments that just happen. Right. And it's one of those things that, yeah, you just, you can't really necessarily prepare for, you never really know what it's, what's going to, what's going to, what's going to happen to you, but it's just rolling with those experiences and, and like sort of having somewhat of a plan in place. If, it, if something does happen like crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, something that, uh, Cause sometimes people will hear explanations of the unfolding of events or just like they'll, they'll see trajectory and they'll think that still it was too easy. But the cool thing that I have for this conversation is that you and I had chatted about everything that you were doing um, before you even entered into evolve and just all the, the consistent efforts and like the high work capacity and just like, the attitude made a difference and then just staying on task with that same attitude and effort paid off. Mm -hmm. Um, and it'll present itself in a person's like fitness journey. Like if we have a client that has like the highest level of buy-in, it's usually demonstrated through their, um, work capacity, just in general. If you like, I know for myself, when I've worked with, uh, with like business owners that have to be all in on their business, if you find a way to connect with them on a way that's in their language, like yeah. just talking to them about business things that correlate with them, not just like talking to them about exercise science, but just like talking about things that resonate or even just I've connected with people over speaking about philanthropy because they're yeah. just very passionate, very giving people. Mm-hmm. Um, then you create that connection where you're able to help them tell their story and they consistently, uh, level it up like they just keep adding more to the puzzle and you help them have their aha moments in the gym yeah um so then back to your career as i go through this big long ramble um the cool thing is just knowing that you're always kind of looking for ways to layer on to who you are and how you show up today in our current situation, how are you continuing to do that? Like what opportunities are you looking for? What kind of things do you actively do to continue to hone your craft and get better? Um, I think education is a big, a big thing for me, for sure. Like I've taken, I've taken a lot of courses um, myself um, and really early in my career too. Um, I think the big thing that I do sort of on a regular basis now is like, little bits of education and application, right? Application is the biggest thing because I took so many courses when I was first, you know, first becoming a trainer because I, I wanted to be good. I wanted to know everything that I possibly could. And I think 
it was a good thing for me, but at the same time, it didn't actually give me the opportunity to sit with what I was learning. I think being able to actually sit with what you're learning and apply it and taking a little bit more time between courses and stuff like that is actually extremely helpful. And it's super underrated. I think it's one of the things that like good life instills in you. Like back when I I used to work at good life fitness, um, they instill in that education, right. Which of course is such a good thing, but you end up getting so involved in it that you cannot step back and notice like, how much, um, how much you can really actually absorb versus what you can actually like, you know, apply. Right. So I think the biggest thing is just like every, every day sort of going back to the education side or like the community side is like talking with people or like engaging in people's posts and like understanding other people's perspectives and, and, um, even just reading books and stuff like that. Like, I like to do that and then have like maybe one or two bigger courses that I take a year. Right. So actually being able to, to practice and, and, and uh, apply what you get or what you learn is super important. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I totally agree. Cause like there's been many instances where I've taken material over like twice, yeah. like there's mentorships that I've taken twice and yeah. there's books that I've read twice and podcasts I've listened to like eight times. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I've learned about myself at least is that when it comes to like information retention and like application of things, it really does matter. Like how my just well being is like how rested I am, my stress levels, my Mm -hmm. physical activity, all these different things. And it it takes a lot to kind of like get that sweet spot. Um, What is your process for achieving like the, the, balance as it were for, uh, being at your best to be able to do your best work. Um, in terms of like the education side or like the actual training side of things, or what do you, I would say like, if you had a day that went really, really well, and you're able to retain a whole bunch of information, maybe you did a presentation, you absolutely nailed it. Got lots of good feedback and you felt good about your personal life too what would be the recipe to cause that to happen? What's the variables that like the boxes that you have to check in order for you to have a day like that? I would say consistency for sure. For me, it's like making sure that I'm, you know, getting enough sleep, like you said, like getting up at a, at a decent time, I'm not sacrificing, sacrificing that sleep, but like being able to just consistently do the same things over and over. Um, and then, if I'm, you know, if I am educating myself or if I am taking a course, it's like not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, right? Like you might be learning something new, but it's like, don't have it revolutionize your entire training philosophy, right? Like little things here and there, you have to like pick and choose like what's valuable and what isn't like keep the stuff that's valuable and maybe apply it a little bit over time. But I would say that's like, that's the biggest thing that's, that's changed with me. Right. And back to what I was saying about the taking too many education things, right. It's like, you would, you would take one thing and you'd be like, all right, I'm all in, let's do this. This is awesome. And then you take another thing. You're like, but this is also cool. So I'm going to start doing this. And then you end up down the rabbit hole where you've reinvented your training style 10 different times. And like, realistically, it, it doesn't need to be changed so much. I think that's the value in, in a lot of things is consistency and 
clients, especially like my clients, especially know this, right? Like they do, they come in the same, same times every week, pretty much more or less. Right. And they do this, the same exercises a lot of the time just to get really good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that there's value in doing things repeatedly over and over again. And I talk about this with my, with some of my clients and like Bulgarian split squats, right? Those things suck, but my clients come in every day or every, whatever, whenever we do them. So let's say it's Monday, they'll come in Monday. Okay. They know that shit's hard. They know it's difficult, but like being able to go in every week after week after week. And like, it doesn't get easier because the weight's constantly going up. Like they know it's going to be hard, but they come in every single Monday anyways, and they do them because they know it's going to make them better. Right. It's like having those things in your life that are difficult, but like actually going in and like facing them head on with, you know, I know this sucks, but I I'm excited to do them and say that I did it. I think that's just, I think that's the recipe for success for me anyways. Yeah. That's the recipe for beyond fitness too. Like there's so many instances where we are facing a challenge and it's like, Oh man, this is going to suck. That's when you dive into it. Like it's, it's going to knock you on your ass. Like you're going to have to Mm -hmm. deal with it. And there's going to be some, some things that you have to change because of the outcome of that challenge, but you're going to be better for it in the end. Like, with with like a bulgarian split squat which i am a big fan of and i love them too yeah i mean like they're they're good because they give you lessons every time (laughs) in a sick twisted way absolutely (laughs) but with regards to that it's just like it's the kind of thing where just the slight little nuance to your setup or Mm -hmm. um just the the tiniest incremental addition of weight yeah makes a big difference but then you realize okay, like there's some certain things that I have control of, whether it be like how I'm breathing going through this or just the placement of my feet or just whatever angle I want to approach this, I can take this mindset to like set up what I'm aware of to handle this. And then same thing with life. I mean, that's the beauty of how fitness can help us through our ebbs and our flows. Cause like everybody can own up to the fact that we have our good days and we have our bad days. We don't always know how to handle our bad days and our good days. We wish they would last forever, but they just simply won't. But when we're aware of the little things that we can kind of set up to make everything like unfold in a more positive direction, that's game changer. Cause some people don't know that's a thing. They don't know that they can just like be like, okay, what if I just prioritize my boundaries around sleep, get a good sleep and then just handle this stress in a better way, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I, I was, I was thinking back to when I first started, you know, and in the training career too. And like back at like, you know, first day at good life. Um, I was thinking about how like uncomfortable it was. Right. And just how out of my depth I felt but I think it's like the times that I feel most self-doubt or most like uncomfortable that it's like, I know I'm on the right track or I know I'm in the, I'm heading in the right direction. Right. Cause it's like, I, I know that like I started there and I got to where I am now. So it's like, I was extremely uncomfortable. I didn't really know much, right. Starting as a brand new trainer, but you know, it got me to where I am now. And I know like if I keep seeking those opportunities that I'm just, I am uncomfortable, 
or like, I don't feel like I'm smart enough to be here. It's like, I know that that's, that's the place that's going to lead me to, to grow. Right. Mm. Well, I mean, that's a good sort of, uh, not quite an identity, but just like a way to kind of show up in knowing that you're, you're aware of your humanness, like Mm -hmm. just the fact that, uh, there's always going to be somebody better and we're not always just going to know everything, but it's the fact that we're aware of that, that, uh, can showcase how much we can accomplish because we're going to consistently look for the areas that we can improve. And then we're going to deliver on that mm-hmm. rather than thinking that our shit doesn't stink and just like strutting through and being like, somebody owes me something. Where is that? Like yeah. that difference is, is critical in just progressing through a career. Um, something that I was thinking of as I was like preparing for this episode, just reflecting on a whole bunch of our colleagues in the industry and just like how pandemic kind of like rattled them. And like a lot of people are hitting their stride right now. And it's really cool to see like just in how they've learned about themselves and they've been tested a little bit. Um, Obviously there's going to be trainers out there that aren't in the industry anymore, but for the people who are here, like there is so much cool stuff happening and it's so cool to see. Um, We're going to take quite a little bit of a, a side, a side conversation here. When we talk about trainers that are hitting their stride and just kicking butt and taking names, who are like two that come to mind for you? Um, just in like the local community or like, or like most likely in, international, most likely international. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to give a shout out to some of the people like in that prescript community. Cause they're the people that like I see and I've seen like from the start of their, you know, kind of journey with prescript and like to where they are now um there's a dude out in the states his name's um nick ridpath the dude is like yeah he's just crushing it right now like he's putting out really good content stuff that's actually applicable to people he's a he's lesser known right because he's just sort of within this community but he's like yeah he's he's really hitting his stride and I'm, I'm, i'm proud to see that guy just succeed in all aspects of his life right Mm-hmm. And there's another guy, his name's, we call him Saluji. He's in, he's in, he's in that, he's in that uh, prescript community too. So he started like he, the kids, I think he's like 17 or something like that. Like he's super young, but he started taking these courses and the dude is just like, he's just humble. And he's like, he's out there just to get better. Like he's going to put himself out there. He's going to ask the questions. He shows up to those labs that I was referring to before. And like, like if he knows something or he doesn't like the dude is going to be there and he's going to like put in the work to know it. Right. And uh, I think that that just goes to towards like, you know, thinking about the prescript themselves and like just how much they foster a community that, that wants to grow. Right. Absolutely. Those are good ones. Like I, the way you see the people you surround yourself with is refreshing because you're not picking out like the most, uh, the most well-known people. You're yeah. maybe picking out the people who demonstrate character that uh, you can see going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, whether that be just like the desire to be better and just like them demonstrating it in the early stages of their career or just someone making like fitness more accessible through just uh, like, the transfer of information 
there's, there's a lot of the stuff that as trainers and coaches that we put out that general population has no use for. It might make sense to them. They might be able to read it. It might be the right words, but it's not the right stuff that they want to read. Like one thing that I often reflect on is that like nobody owes us anything. Like even though we provide a service that's valuable and even though like it could be utilized to increase somebody's lifespan or to increase their confidence, uh, they don't owe us anything just because we have that skill. We still need to find a way to make them feel valued, like give them a reason to work with us and uh, kind of just prove our worth through the actions that we do that are beyond what serves us, but also serves that other person. Little things like remembering a person's birthday or understanding how they like to be communicated with. Like some people like just body language and just gestures and how we present ourselves, all those little things matter. Mm-hmm. And if we don't care about that stuff, there's going to be a lot of people in the general population that don't give a shit yeah. about what we do for, yeah. for our craft. And so I think when there are people that are like the coaches or the, the people's coach or the yeah. people's trainer, like that makes a huge difference for our industry across the board. Yeah. Cause that's when we know we're helping more people in a genuine way rather than just like, screaming at the few people that actually listen to what we say. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sets, like sets and reps, obviously exercise selection. That's a big part of our job, but like, dude, you got to know the dog's name. You, you got to know the dog. You got to know the kid's name. You got to know what they did on the weekend or like, at least be genuinely interested. Like no, no Fluffy's name, no mm-hmm. George's name. Like you got to know those, know those things about these people. Cause it's like, that's the thing that people crave in general. It's like human connection. I think that everyone wants that. I've had, I've had clients that, um, you know, whether they, whether they say it or not, like they're clearly coming to see me because they kind of want a friend, right? Like training is obviously a good thing. It's healthy for everyone, but I mean, you know, they definitely want someone to talk to. Well, yeah. Like I, I was kind of going on a little bit of like thought process this morning and I was thinking about like, why, why am I in the industry? Like what drew me into the industry and like, why do people work with me? And especially just like in the online space, like I coach a lot of people in the U S right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing that stands out to me the most is that they know that they can count on me to, to connect with them like on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, And even the people that I work with locally, it's just like, they know that I got their back and that's like a very empowering feeling to have. And then when I reflect on like people that I've worked with for continuing education, the people who I've invested the most in have given me that same feeling. Like, it's like, no, this person wants to see me win or this person has been there for me in real moments and they could be teaching me about, about the house hippo. And I wouldn't care. (laughs) I would still (laughs) learn about the house hippo because it's just like, it's because of how connected they made me feel. And that in turn, made me want to learn more from them specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just, that is a big opportunity for us as professionals and just for us as human beings to get more out of just life is to realize just how much connection and that uh, sort of that community feeling feels or like matters. Um, Like when we talk about community, sometimes we kind of like dodge around like the actual like components of community that makes it work. 
because we're like, oh, community, check out my Facebook group. There's like 50,000 people. And it's like, well, how many of those 50,000 have you spoken with in the last 24 hours? And it's like, mm. yeah, that, those little details matter. Um, but I kind of rambled for a bit there. One thing that I wanted to know about you is if we mapped out the next five years, is there anything that's on your mind that you really want to accomplish? Um, I tend not to think too far ahead like that. There's a couple of things like there's a couple of things that I want to do. Right. And I think the biggest thing is just continuing on with like the education role side of things, and then probably transitioning more of my business to like fully online. Right. So that, you know, I can, like if a seminar comes up and I, I have the opportunity to go teach somewhere, like I can just kind of, you know, drop the mic and, and leave, but still have my clients like, you know, taken care of and, and all that. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is like, I really want to double down on the education side of things because um, even for myself, it's like going through the process of whether it's, you know, creating a course or teaching a course, it's like, uh, that's, that's helpful for me too, just to solidify, you know, what I know. And then it also tells me what I really don't know, or I, I need to work on. Right. So honestly, that's the, that's probably the biggest thing in the next five years is just really doubling down on that. And then if, you know, if anything else comes up, obviously I'd love to, to leap on that, but yeah, right now, just making sure that, yeah, I'm, I'm continuing my role and actually maybe even doubling like the amount of education stuff that I'm able to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I often ask that question of people and I almost always get the exact same answer and I'll kind of add color to that. So yeah. usually I'll ask people like, what's your goal for next year or next five years? And the response is always like, I don't ever think about that. Um, and I totally get it because if somebody yeah. asks me that, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But like one thing I will say is that when I become clear on some things, yeah, like 99.9% of the time I've delivered on them. Yeah. And so sometimes getting more clear on like what it is that you want to actually go out and do is a game changer, even if it doesn't quite happen the way you plan it to. And even if it doesn't quite match the timeline, just having it like super clear in your head. Yeah. It makes a huge difference and I'll kind of like shed some light on like, if you had asked me the same question, yeah. this is kind of the response that I'd give. So essentially a while ago, I heard somebody say like the, there was this expression or something that they use. And it was like, I want to be in a position where I can go on a trip with my closest friends and buy dinner for everybody at the table. Yeah. And I love that because it's just like that encompasses so many different things that matter to me mm. because it matters to me that I take care of my connections. And a lot of those connections are in the fitness industry. And a lot of those connections are like my immediate family. Yeah. Um, because I wouldn't be where I am today without all those people. Like there's people that I work with in the U S and it'd be great to be able to just hang out with them and yeah. like meet their kids or meet their husband or wife or anything. Um, and it's just that the amount of value that can happen from that actually unfolding is huge. And so I just kind of like, I envision it in such a big way so that I can like do everything that I need to do to make that happen. Cause it's obviously it correlates with like a certain income bracket. Yeah, It correlates with like how I map up my calendar and the things I say yes to and the things that I say no to. 
And then it's just like, what kind of lifestyle I kind of, I just map out the hours of the day. I'm like, okay, like if I want to travel, then this much of my work needs to be remote and this much of my work needs to be in person. So I guess the long and short of it is that if you ever feel reluctant to make plans for like five years from now, ask yourself, how are you going to accomplish it if you aren't clear as to how it looks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because that that's been huge for me. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it too, I think. Like I'm I'm someone who like, yeah, I don't like I said, I don't plan too far ahead, but like if something comes up, like I'm constantly thinking of of different ways to do it, but it's like not everything's gonna hit, right? Not everything's gonna be the idea. So it's like when something like that does come up, it's like you know, having a clearer idea of, of, of that in mind and like how you're going to get there. Right. Like you kind of need to make those steps when you do have a plan, right. You need to be able to understand like, okay, how is my day going to shift in order to make this a reality rather than just like continuing to do what you're doing. Right. Cause mm-hmm. if you continue to do what you're doing right now, it's like, you're just going to continue to do what you're doing and it's never going to change. Right. So yeah, I think that's, that's a great idea is just make, making a clearer picture of like what you kind of want and, and yeah, making it happen. Absolutely. And I mean, just like to, to add on to it, I've recently had conversations with some of my colleagues about like what I could foresee with like my in-person stuff. And I, I love training people in person, so that'll never go away, Yeah, but it's definitely not, I'm not, I'm never going to be someone who trains like 40 sessions a week. Um, I'm going to be someone who probably caps out at like 10 to 15 a week. And the reason being is if you are making yourself available for too many people, you can't honestly travel without like letting people down. But if you have it at a certain volume where you can move people into like two solid days, you could totally realistically be flexible and travel and all those other things. And like, if somebody would be like, why does it matter so much to you that you train people in person? My answer would be because I just, I wouldn't be able to in good conscience program people's workouts if I wasn't working with anybody in person. Because even if the person I program for is a different person than who I train in person, um, having that like hands-on repetition to be able to be like, okay, this cue does not, it's garbage. Um, this exercise doesn't really work with like a person who is this height and, Mm -hmm. uh, this age and just getting more exposure to outcomes and just getting the chance to actually apply what we learn matters so much. Um, and just like, as, as I can see my career evolving, chances are like, it'll be it'll look different in-person training will look different for me. Maybe I'll be in like a more rural area or maybe I'll be uh, traveling to homes or something, but it's, it's always going to fit in in some way because that's going to be how I kind of stay on the top of my game when I'm like programming all these workouts and stuff for people that I've never met in person. Yeah. Yeah. And then coming down to that too, it's like even just, just the, yeah, like the repetition, like you were saying, like just being able to, actually have someone in front of you and it's like the real like live you know ability to you know help someone with their form or whatever it's like that's huge in and of itself right and like 
you're going to see something with someone that you haven't maybe encountered before and you've got to work through that problem. And it's going to be a lot easier in, per- in person, but it's also like, it gives you that experience, that lifetime experience of like, okay, well, this could happen to someone online. And now I know how to fix it because someone came to me in person and I was actually able to physically touch them or like put them into position or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And even just like finding different like language that we can use that they're receptive to, yeah. like just different cues for body positioning and stuff, just like yeah. using language that it's like, oh, no, I know what you're talking about. Like the number of times that I've been like, just act like somebody's trying to poke you in like the rib cage and yeah. just reposition yourself that way. And it's just like that has worked better than so many other ways that even people had tried on me when I was first starting as a trainer and like other colleagues and stuff would like, help me with a position. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like I'm trying, I'm really trying, but it's just not sticking. Like I'm just stumped for what to do here. Um, and just when we're able to take those approaches and then put them through a screen, then they're just that much more effective. Cause in most cases, like as trainers and coaches, when we don't get it right, it takes a pretty brave client to actually just say it to us and be like, Hey, what you said made no sense. Like yeah. usually they'll just like smile and nod. Um, yeah. And we have to kind of wait and watch their outcome to see if it actually clicked or not. Cause like if they're not able to increase their volume, like is our cues clicking or are they just, they reach peak strength and there's yeah. nothing else that we can do sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things like, Hey, you, I think you'll, you'll know pretty quick as a trainer, right? Like at least if you have the experience with, with people and, and whatnot, like understanding those social kind of cues, like, and just training in general, like technique and stuff, like you're going to know pretty quick if it's not working for them. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously if you, if you, if you can't, you know, adapt to that on the fly, like they're going to notice too. And there's nothing wrong with that too, but I think it comes down to, uh, to like being honest and open with them as well. You're like, just like, Hey, I don't necessarily know the answer but like, I'm going to go home after the session and I'm going to brainstorm and like figure out a way to make this work, right. To, to help you yourself, but let's move on with the session right now kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. So lately for these episodes, I've been getting my guests to give the audience sort of a challenge. Okay. Um, and it can be just something that uh, maybe it's been something that's helped you recently that you've kind of taken on as a personal challenge, but just something that you think that they'll be likely to actually try um, that will make their life a little bit more pleasant. So whenever you're ready, just be like your challenge of the day is, and just let them have it. I would, I would say your challenge for the day would be to get comfortable doing the same things over and over again, back to that consistency thing. I think when it comes to things like, monotony or consistency, we get bored, right? Because it's the same thing repeated over and over again. But if you think about it, you know, let's say like I'm, let's say I'm educating myself or like I'm reading a book or something like that, or reading a textbook. Like I am going to read this book front to cover and I'm not going to know a single thing, right? But it's that sort of daily consistency of reading it and feeling like you might not be going anywhere, but you actually are. Right. I think that's extremely valuable. Right. So don't like when you find yourself 
stuck or like you feel like you're stuck in a routine, just like, just know that it's going to make you a better person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you nailed it. Um, and that basically wraps up our episode. So thanks for coming back on the show, Brandon. No, thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation.